One down on the three-game road trip, two to go as we get into episode 88 of the Night Shift. Kyle Gamard, Mike Stubbs, and Jim Van Horn joining, of course. He's the color commentary uh, individual for the London Knights who is on the road right now as they are getting ready to go into Sudbury. Uh, but we also have to talk about a lot of things that happened on Thursday night in North Bay. If you want to follow the podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, up at globalnews.ca as well, at Stubbs980, at Calgamard, the socials. Uh, gentlemen, one game on the road down. The Knights double up and get back into the win column, a 6-3 to three win over, over the North Bay Battalion. You guys called the game. For people that didn't watch, people that need the recap, what did you guys like? What did you see from the contest? Jim, let's start with you. Okay, well, power play. Uh, the puck movement on the power play would be the – the headline and my goodness before the game's uh, six and a half minutes old the Knights are up three nothing because of two power play goals wow what puck movement on the power play North Bay had no answer uh and the uh five man unit just uh back and forth back and forth until the opening and uh, that to me set the tone and we talked uh, on the broadcast about biking uphill climbing uphill in a game where you're chasing the game you fall behind and it makes it tough. The Knights have experienced that recently. They did it to North Bay last night. They did. And it was the puck movement on the power play early. Knights come out and they score three goals in a two-minute and four-second span. And this was just taking advantage of the opportunities that they were being given. And that power play is starting to have an awful lot of looks. You saw Oliver Bonk score twice. And again, that's something that has become a new feature of the power play. You still have Casper Haltonen's one-timer. You've got Easton Cowan and Denver Barkey who are interchangeable on the half boards who are setting things up. And then when one was not on those half boards, the other was kind of at the top of the umbrella. So Jacob Julian in the right corner or to the side of the net. Let's face it, Jim, we're going to talk about him later, Kyle. He had four assists in the game. Jacob Julian, in his last five games, has 11 points. This guy is as hot as he has been. And the Winnipeg Jets, they're looking at this and saying, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what we were hoping. You pick a guy in the fifth round, and then he starts doing things like this in just his first full season of Major Junior. I, I love talking about this too, because this was the story last year. He wasn't on the team originally to start the campaign. He comes up uh, as part of, uh, I think it was the U18 draft or something like that. And, Starts making his mark, starts playing a little bit, utilizes his size, his speed. He gets more comfortable within the game. He ends up getting drafted in the fifth round by the Jets. And all of a sudden, it's one of those found money situations where you kind of reach into the couch and you pull out and you find like five bucks sitting in there. And it's like, wow, it's <laughs> way better deal than I thought. And and that's by the way, that's not a slight on Jacob Julian because he is a tremendous hockey player. It's just a lot of times players kind of are found in the rough and you don't realize until you've struck gold. And Jacob Julian is proving that each and every day. And like 11 points in five games, Jim is nothing to sniff about. Like that's a pretty decent sample size for a player on a team with a lot of other big names on it. Well, it is a great story. You're absolutely right. It's uh, getting used to size. People develop at different uh, speeds and the patience you have to have sometimes uh, to watch someone grow as a player. The one thing that he brings every day the rank to me is this uh, intellect. Like he seems he's really a smart player. Uh, 
and throw in the improved skating, the size, the experience, and it's all starting to uh, come together. And he's become a go-to person on that uh, power play. And it kind of, he is the down low guy. And, you know, you need to make quick decisions, right? You really need to, uh, when you get that puck down low, you have to go fast, whether you go back up or you open the slot or around the boards. And he sits there on that right wing side as a left shot. And he has to process uh, all those options so quickly. And he does it uh, so well. Just stu- He's a study uh, studier. That's it. His approach to things. We need to bottle this. We need to bottle the way that Jacob Julian approaches everything. It is, I'm going to learn what it takes. He's not expecting anything. He's somebody that we've told the story before, did not go to the NHL entry draft because it wasn't a for sure that he would be selected. And he found out he'd been drafted by the Winnipeg Jets just because Easton Cowan is so quick. He got to Jacob Julian with a text before the Winnipeg Jets even got to him. Jacob Julian's phone goes off and it says, congratulations from Easton Cowan. And Jacob says, congratulations (laughs) for what? And it's, well, you just got picked by the Jets. And then Kevin Day off calls. And so pretty amazing story. But that's he, he brings that every single day where he's just allowing himself to get better. He's doing what he's being asked to do. He's coming in with that approach that you want. And along with all of the things that he's doing, we had to ask him about the play that he will make. Because Jacob Julian never has nothing. He's never going to just, you know, chip a puck in and and that uh, end of my shift. He always has something because he's got this little move and we had to talk to him about it because he will get to the blue line. And if there isn't anything there, if there isn't a play to be made, but he's not at the end of a shift, you'll see him rifle the puck off the end boards. Remember, he was in engineering at Western. This guy knows angles and he will find the trajectory of the puck. He'll follow it better than a defenseman can. He has this quickness that you just don't expect and he can get to that and if the bounce comes off the end boards how many times have we seen him take it and either create a scoring chance or even score a goal here he is on where that move comes from and and why he does it sometimes you just get stuck out there with uh, not a single play to do so try to make something out of nothing so i mean it works sometimes so yeah. Catches the D off guard every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. I can remember doing it back in my U16 years. So, yeah. So that's where it started? Yeah, yeah, that's where it started. Knights forward Jacob Julian. So, Jim, in his minor midget year at that point, U16 year yeah. now, he decided this is something I'm going to try. It worked then, it's worked in the OHL. I don't know, one day does it work in the National Hockey League too? You can't say it might not. He's got the size to get there, and he's got the smarts, and uh, kills penalties, knows the game. Uh, It's an example of, I think, too, the pandemic cost a lot of guys the experience that year, and you get, you know, the Knights didn't let him get lost and uh, studied him, and at a U18 draft, they selected him, and it's just a great story of perseverance. Don't ever give up, you young players out there. Uh, and here he is now with a uh, uh, an opportunity to play in uh, professional hockey. Uh, just keep it. Uh, he just kept it going and just wouldn't give up. But uh, it's a great story. 
Well, and I love seeing that too. When you talk about hockey IQ, and he's a guy who, like you guys have mentioned, he's allowed his game to develop. And I think his hockey IQ is one of those things that's developing too. Another guy whose hockey IQ is, it's we've seen it for some time now, uh, Denver Barkey. Another three assists in uh, in the game last night. He is now up to 31 points in 22 games. He's 13 goals. He is over halfway to his goal total from all of last year. And he's, he's barely played a third of the season. So he is having a really big year. And of course he's just, he's the orchestrator. That puck is on a string with him and he's finding guys left, right, and center. It's been amazing to watch his development. Hasn't it? You see somebody who again has taken those steps, those stages. And now as things fall to him, as they fall to Easton Callen, that, You guys have to be producing points. You've stepped into the shoes of some players who have left, even though they're only 18. And Cowan and Barkey continue to put up those points. And three assists last night, that was just the engine. And Easton Cowan gets a goal last night. It was something the Knights needed. That was their first power play goal. Took a one nothing lead into a 2 nothing lead. North Bay chased for the rest of the night. And it was the Knights who were able to get that good start. And that's something they talk about a lot. They did it well. And now they go looking to do it again in Sudbury and in Barrie. Well, and Mike, I just want to mention too there, you talk about those guys having to produce points for this team to be successful. Denver Barkey before last night's game in North Bay, two games prior, Flint and Erie, both losses, both games, Denver Barkey didn't register a point. So with that point in mind, it, it they really are the, at the front of the engine driving this train. Yeah. These guys are producing. This team is normally on the winning side. And it's not a, it's not an easy role when you're the straw that uh, stirs the drink on a team that uh, is basically, a, a, you know, right up there as the best one of the best in the uh, OHL and uh, you're 18 and you're a an NHL draft pick and you're hoping for a world junior invite of course I think he might get it Uh, you know when you take on all that responsibility at a younger kind of age it is stressful look at how they changed the team last year when Barkey and Cowan breathed this fresh air into the Knights roster and all of a sudden after Christmas those two guys just took right off and you have to have a certain mindset to take on and be responsible and accountable for the team performance. And he does so willingly. Barky cares. And I think that's one of his greatest uh, assets, his spirit. I mean, he uh, got three assists last night. Yes, but there was a couple of plays. If I had video, you'd show where he chips a puck out along the boards. He's 155 pounds goes up against another uh, defenseman in one case, a winger in another, and wins a puck battle. He's so spirited and uh, plays the right way. Um, And the Knights are lucky to have him. And and there's a great story to be written about the way they got him. I mean, to take him in the first round when it had a lot of people not scratching their heads necessarily. But, uh, you know, I read a lot uh, of accounts uh, up to that OHL draft and, for the Knights to step in, identify Barkey as a first-round pick and pull the trigger on that, it's quite a story. Well, and Mike, you know, the Knights head into the next couple of games too. You guys are traveling with the team. They get ready for a matchup against the Sudbury Wolves. You know, this is a this is something to build off of for the Knights because Sudbury kind of around that 500 mark is, you know, the Knights have played a couple teams over the last little bit. But this is where the Knights can exploit them, just goal scoring, specifically on the power play. They've 
They've been giving up a few lately, 29 goals against over the last five games. They need to continue to execute that power play. Mike, we talked about it on this show last episode. I think the last couple of episodes that this night's power play, once they start going, this can be a big token of their success and going three for four last night should set them up into a Friday night matchup against Sudbury. You want to create all kinds of options on the power play, and the Knights have all kinds of options on the power play. The thing with the Sudbury Wolves, Kyle and Jim, this is a team that, fittingly because of their name, they will run wild. They will do that. That's what they want you to get into. They want to make this a track meet. They want to be flying back and forth, trading chances, because they've got all kinds of great players. Maybe the best way to sum it up Quinton Musty was a first-round pick of the San Jose Sharks last year. Quinton Musty is their seventh-leading scorer right now, and he's got 14 points in 11 games, so he's better than a point per game. So he's having a decent year, and yet he's their seventh-leading scorer. David Goyette is on fire. Coca Delic, Evan Conyon, these guys are very dangerous. They've got Landon McCallum, who's from Delhi, and then they've also got the St. Louis Blues first-round pick from last year. He was taken 10th overall in Dalibor Dvorsky, who has come over. So they want to run wild. And the thing that you've got to be very careful with with Sudbury, Jim, is to make sure that you're not trading chances with them. You don't have to. You can try and exploit exactly what Kyle just pointed to. You can try and exploit the opportunity that they're not defensively as sound as some of the other teams that you'll face. But you don't want to test that not so sound defensively as some of the other teams you face by going back and forth and racing up and down the ice. Yeah, I think if the Knights bring the same mentality, same attitude as they did last night, going into North Bay, a tough place to win. Knights haven't won in there forever. Uh, You know, they'll be fine. So it's about focusing on how you play and taking advantage of your chances. And I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this, get the first couple goals kind of business because it's uh, the numbers are pretty overwhelming and you just see the difference it makes. So come out, get a, maybe get a jump on them early. They have had uh, a bit of indifferent play recently, get the early jump on them and make them chase the game. And, and that's the night's formula for tonight. Well, and then they'll finish off, too, on Saturday on the road in Barry to take on the Colts. And, and Mike, a lot of things that we've discussed London going into Sudbury for, I feel like we can attach and say the exact same for that Barry matchup. Just the third game in, in three days, It's I feel like it's one of those matchups where you don't want to get complacent. You don't want to look at the standings and be like, ah, oh, you know, they're they're 10 and 10 and, you know, we can, we can beat them. But it's at the end of a road trip. It's legs could be starting to go. You're on the bus. You're traveling. And it's a good reminder reminder to try and finish the weekend off strong obviously you don't want to look out look ahead of, of the friday night game but finishing off on the road you want to make sure you don't get complacent i like the schedule in the way that this works because in major junior sometimes when you do a road trip like this it will end on a sunday with an afternoon game and so your schedule talk to a football team that has to play normally take the western mustangs just about every one of their games is Saturday at 1 p.m. That's kickoff. And you go through that same routine and you're ready for that same routine. And then all of a sudden somebody throws a Saturday night at 730 at you. And you think, wait wait a minute, this is all different. It feels so different. 
a lot of times on a road trip like this in major junior, you'll play two games in three and a half days. It'll go Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon. This one goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I think that works out well for the Knights because you've had three days that are very consistent. You get up, you have breakfast, you go for a quick morning skate, you come back, you have, you know, your, your pregame meal. Those that want to nap will nap. And then away you go to the rink and you do your preparation. And so it's, it's a very similar day and you just execute it three times in a row. And so that is a help, believe it or not. And we're going to talk in just a little bit about being prepared on the road and some of the things going on on the road, but that's something that is very important. As for the Barry Colts, this is a team that, Jim, I still think we're trying to figure out what the Barry Colts are. They lost Bo Akey for the year. That's tough, but they are a completely 500 team going into the weekend. And yet, you look at some of the games that they play, they at times can look like an excellent hockey team, and they can pick up big old victories. Other times, maybe it doesn't work out the same. They lost 5-2 recently to Niagara, and then they jump back with a win over Guelph. And then they badly outshoot the Owen Sound attack on Thursday night. And yet they cannot get a goal. They cannot beat Carter George and they lose 3 nothing. Yeah, they're looking for that consistency. They are in a, in a mix. There's a lot of teams like that this year. This is the story kind of of the first third of the year. It's emerging that teams kind of find in their way. Yes, Kitchener's jumped ahead of the pack a little bit. We know Ottawa is going to be tough to score on, but there's a lot of teams like Barry, like Sudbury in and out trying to find their way. And um, the Knights, uh, the one thing they can do is play well on the road. It seems like the road settles down their game rather than makes them, them panic. And uh, they have to take advantage of these teams that are kind of in and out by playing consistent hockey. And uh, you know, part of this, success on the road goes back years and I really think um, it's a a large part due to the sort of organizational strength and that extends to off-ice staff and the way that things are done out of the sight of most fans and uh, you know we see that up close when we're on the road they get you know it's organized they're treated well and it's important to make players comfortable. Well and you always see it too with with championship and and winning teams is winning teams win on the road. You know, it's not, we've seen it before, you know, with, with successful teams where they're dominant at home and then they kind of go in and off on the, on the road. My, the best example I can think of right now is when the, uh, the Carolina hurricanes, they went on a run. I think it was last year, two years ago where they were, I think eight and one uh, at home during the playoffs, but they didn't win a road game. And then they play one game on the road against the New York Rangers and the Rangers find a way to win that game. If you can't win on the road, it's not going to get you very far. And for the London Knights to be able to do that on the road and be successful, I think is really good in their winning winning formula. But you guys mentioned it. You know, there's a lot of planning. There's a lots of of travel and and a lot of moving parts that go into a road trip, especially three games in three days. Rob Simpson and and Chris Matten are two of the individuals that really help get everything together, Mike, for the Knights to be set up for success on the road. 
And it's pretty interesting to go behind the scenes and hear some of the things that happen. So let's hear from both of them. Let's begin with Chris Madden. We talked with him as the team was setting out for North Bay. And we asked him a little bit about going out for one game and all of the stuff that you have to bring. How do you plan if you've got to go out for three? Yeah, I've been doing it so long. It You know what you use per game, so you just double it up. Uh, mostly it's tape and skate blades and practice jerseys and socks and yeah there's quite a bit will everybody have an extra of everything or do you just kind of have an extra for those who need no most of the guys i bring extra stuff for we load up uh extra sticks uh new sticks in case they break we're leaving from the western fair so it's another it's a practice before we leave and um yeah sticks break and so we load up uh extras of those and um have someone take it all our this stuff back to the rink because it's wet and yeah there's there's a little bit to it mike it uh you know, but uh, yeah, we get her done. There's the other part of it. You get wet equipment after a practice, and then you're traveling right away. So, is that double underwear and then dry the gear when you get to where you're going? No, we run one set. Um, so, the, the trainers in the league, we work together. And so, we'll when we leave here, we'll head right to North Bay um, and we'll go to the rink, and then their trainer will wash our underwear, our wet underwear. And uh, we'll hang our stuff to dry. Um, we have to move tomorrow into our actual room, but uh, you know we have a room that you know is adequate for tonight to hang stuff up to dry. And like I said, uh, all the trainers work together, and we have to do the same thing here in London when the northern teams come in, and you know they stay overnight then. We do their jerseys and socks and underwear as well. Yeah, it's a little bit different than what you think. It's not team versus team. Oh, we're not helping them. You've got kind of a whole fraternity among trainers. If you needed something on the road or if somebody needs something, is there a knock on the door at their door or at your door to say, hey, we ran out of this. We've been away for two days, three days. Do you have any? Yeah, it happens a lot, Mike. And the old saying with the trainers is the game's played on the ice, not off the ice. So we all pitch in and help one another. And yeah, if you forget something or you run out of something or you have a broken skate or, you know, you need something sewn or, yeah, we, we help each other out to make sure the game goes on and, and it's played on the ice. Isn't there that famous story where, was it Danny Batacchio in the Memorial Cup with the Ottawa 67s, his skate? Did it did it break during a game and, and you have to work on that as that fraternity? Yes, yes, that, it, you're right. It, it You know, it, it doesn't matter the time of the game or before the game or after. Uh, we, we always pitch in to help each other and, uh, you know, I've done lots already this year, you know, and it's just the way it is and uh, you know it's great because you can't you can't take everything on the road so it's nice that you have a little backup with other trainers and let the players play let the players decide the game yes exactly it's the way it should be Matt's thanks for this thanks Mike that is Knights equipment manager Chris Matten and some of the little tricks and certainly some of the fraternity the idea that trainers help trainers I love that he says that the game is played on the ice, and all of the trainers and equipment managers, they all have that belief so that if a player needs something, even if he's on the other team, no, you're not going to withhold it. You're not going to not help. 
because this is about being as fair as possible. Let the players decide it on the ice. That's a beautiful thing, guys. Why? And I love seeing that too. I've heard of goalie fraternity before, but now training staff fraternity. And and listen, I believe it too. They all know each other. And every, you know, every training staff, if I'm ever around the game, it's like I'm talking to the guy and they're all so uh, outgoing. The amount of times I've seen the opposing teams hop onto the ice, um, you, you know, if there's an injured night, let's say, for example, or if there's an issue there, the amount of times they jump into action is just, it's second to none. So I completely can understand where that training staff fraternity comes from. Well, I think the other thing that we really need to point out is when you're on the road, like, for instance, the Knights finished up a game in North Bay and then traveled to Sudbury. It's not a long drive. It's about an hour and a half. But by the time you get out of North Bay, it's almost 10 p.m. And then you arrive in Sudbury just before midnight. And who's there at the rink as you unload the gear? The equipment manager for the Sudbury Wolves. It's midnight. His team did not play. And it's midnight. He's there at the rink, meeting the visiting team, taking all of their laundry from the game that they just played and doing their laundry in his facility. Chris Matten does that for teams that come into London. So let's say that Sudbury plays in Windsor on a Thursday and then in London on a Friday. It's a pretty routine road trip. Windsor plays their home games on Thursday. They will come from Windsor, make that drive about two hours, arrive Right around midnight, there is Chris Madden waiting for the Windsor, they waiting for the Sudbury Wolves to arrive from Windsor to do their laundry. That's just part of the job, part of the fraternity. Unsung, amazing. It's not glamorous, is it? And it's, uh, but it's really, really important to uh, make sure that when that puck drops, that players at their maximum potential and feeling mentally, physically. 100% ready to perform at the highest level. And then you've got the other behind the scenes on just planning the entire trip and how early that has to start. And so we wanted to find out about hotel bookings, food, how you put players with players on the road, because in the OHL, you've got roommates. You don't get your own hotel room. You've got roommates. So how do you decide that? Knights Associate General Manager Rob Simpson, among all of the things that he does in helping to build the team and draft and all of those things, is also somebody who's making sure all of those little details are set in stone and are executed when the team goes on the road. Here is Rob on what it is like to plan for a big road trip in the OHL, which I know Western Hockey League is only sometimes four days. No, most times you you know you've been to the same cities, you stay in the same hotels, and you kind of know what restaurants work. So unless something closes down, it's pretty much just plug and play for the most part because you've done it so many years and been back to the same spots. Every once in a while, hotel availability will be compromised by a convention or a big tournament or something like that. How far in advance do you have to book? Well, for this trip, for example, in Barrie. We, as soon as we get our schedule, we try to book all our hotels right away. And they had a girls' hockey tournament there, so we're staying in Perry Sound, which is in between a little bit. But you know, most times you're, you know, two to six months out, depending if it's first half or second year. So you just sometimes you get lucky, and sometimes you don't. And then the last thing, the players, they room together in the Ontario Hockey League. How do you figure out who goes where? Um, realistically, like your, most of your D pairings go together, your goalies go together, and then the forwards, it's 
just know who likes to hang out with who and who's comfortable with who and you know most times at the start of the year you'll start and then they might want to make a change or two so you'll just flip-flop the next trip so how many hours do you think you spend on a three-day road trip getting all this stuff done um i don't know i wouldn't be able to (laughs) quantify how many hours i'd put into it just because it's you're always checking up and you got to do all the hotels and meals and bus trips and everything that goes into it so it takes it takes quite a while and then you want to do checkups after to make sure that you didn't miss anything just so it runs smoothly attention to detail you got to have it that is london knights associate general manager rob simpson so a little behind the scenes on what it takes to put a road trip together as the knights continue by playing the Sudbury Wolves and the Barry Colts. And then they will return home coming up on December the 1st against the Mississauga Steelheads. And don't forget, Teddy Bear Toss coming closer. Tuesday, December 5th against the Sarnia Sting. Get your tickets at LondonKnights.com. Get your plush toys and throw them on the ice. Can we beat 10,671? Said in 2012, Jim, when Seth Griffith scored the oh, Teddy Bear yeah. Toss goal. What a sight it is, and uh, it's become a great uh, tradition. I and, and it's a hot ticket, so if you can get in there, the uh, tickets are hard to come by for Teddy Bear Toss, I'm telling you. It's one of the hottest games of the year, and uh, it should be an absolute fun one. You guys will be doing the call for that one, of course, as always. And if you want to listen to any other episode of the podcast here on the Night Shift, you can follow along Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Gentlemen, enjoy the rest of the road trip. Go Knights, go, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon, all right? Thanks, Kyle. Thank you.